Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best value registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. I feel like in my own life, I've kind of figured out finally, it's just this, this moment to moment, hour to hour decision to set, um, set my mind on things above, to be not my will, but yours, God, and not my perspective, but yours, God. And it's this constant practicing the presence of God. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. You know, I love to learn. And I really love to learn from others who have gone before me. And today, we're going to do that. Today, my friend Dana Dimitri is joining me. Dana was sharing with me that she was turning 70 this year. And to celebrate her birthday, she was compiling a list of things I wish I'd known and done earlier in my life. And I said, hey, let's talk about those on the podcast. I've known Dana for probably about 20 years. I respect her. I learn from her and I always enjoy being around her. We live in different parts of the U.S., but we both love to coach and encourage others. Dana loves encouraging women towards healthier lives in body, soul, and spirit. She's a retired registered nurse, author of seven books, and a veteran health and weight loss coach. She struggled with emotional eating, bulimia, and panic attacks as a young woman, but discovered the power of being transformed by the renewing of her mind and how that can impact every dimension of life. So, Dana, welcome to the No More Perfect podcast. Thank you. I'm the perfect person. So I'm perfect. So I'm perfectly perfect for the No More Perfect <laughs> podcast. That's a that's a pickled pepper. Uh, there you go. You. <laughs> yes. I am 70. Of course, I'm still a work in progress like everybody on the planet. I know. I know. And at 70, you have got 70 years of understanding the imperfections of this world and learning how to deal with it, but the imperfections in yourself and learning how to grow those. And I love, I just love this topic. I love what you're doing with your 70th year and and really thinking through these things. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. It's sober. It's an interesting um, milestone. Uh, 40s, 50s, 60s were not um, as when I say sobering, it just 
it, it brings to mind the scripture I love that, you know, in, in Psalm, it says, teach us, O Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And yes. that scripture is resonating with me so much this last year or so as I was gearing up to turn 70, I was like, what does that mean, Lord? And, you know, we we start to recognize if we live long enough, if we're blessed to live long enough, time is going really fast. I mean, everybody talks about it as we get older. Of course, time's going at the same pace it was always going. But it just, you look back and I go, 20 years ago, I was 50. It feels like I was just 30. Yes. And so you start to think about the contributions you're making no matter what, we, we're eternal beings. We know Jesus Christ. We are eternal. Our life is not ending, but our life on this earth, um, no matter how healthy I am, whether I even live to 100, you know, 30 years ago, I was 40, seems like yesterday. So you start to just ask yourself some questions. And it's not about being on some kind of a frenetic race to accomplish you know, this huge bucket list or all these things that, you know, like God has given you this huge to-do list and you're saving it for the the 11th hour. It's not that, but it is just taking a breath and going, okay, God, what do you want me to still learn? What do you want me to pass on? And that's kind of where this little list came from. I mean, the list could be a hundred things. Oh, it could. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I'm only 58 and I'm already, you know, I, I probably have a hundred things on, on uh, a list that, you know, I've not made, but I have in my brain for sure. So I totally get that. But um, I, I do think that we can learn so much from others who have gone before us. And um, so, you know, I think that just sharing this wisdom um, is going to bless me, but it's going to bless those that are joining us in the listening world as well. So, so let's just jump right in and um, share what are some of the lessons that you have learned? You wish you'd known them sooner. You wish you'd done something about them sooner. Let's launch into this. Okay. And they're not necessarily in the most important order. They're just in the order that came into my little brain. Yeah. The first one is I wish I had learned earlier to love others like dogs love. <laughs> and yes. And so this came to so mind. Profound. <laughs> I know I actually wrote a little blog about it because I was sitting in my quiet time chair one day. I was angry at my husband. And like you, I've been through some marital strife. You you and Mark were instrumental in that I can say our marriage is in a great place today. Mm. But um, I was sitting feeling sorry for myself uh, a while back because my husband had neglected me, I felt like, because he put rugby before me and went to this game and kind of took our whole weekend. And he didn't, he didn't keep his promise to come home early on a Sunday for us to have a little bit of the weekend left. So I'm sitting there journaling, having my quiet time. <laughs> and the word is like, you know, I'm like asking him to give me insight and what, how am I going to handle this and how I'm going to tell Lou what I think and, yeah. you know, that good right. stuff. And at my feet is my beautiful uh, curly, uh, she's called a pyridoodle. So she's a doodle, a big fluffy okay. dog. And she's laying at my feet and and I felt like the Lord saying, how you need to respond to him is the way your dog responds to you when you leave her alone for hours, when you, you know, maybe don't give her enough attention, don't take her for a walk for three days. How does she respond to you, Dana? And I was like, wow. always the same, Lord. She's always the same. She doesn't hold account. She doesn't play a little passive aggressive game with me. Like I'm going to ignore you because you've been ignoring me. She just loves lavishly. Right. Right. And I'm like, this is so simple. It's so <laughs> simple to not, um, 
to not be a scorekeeper. And it, I'm not saying there aren't times we need to communicate our needs and all that. Sure. I'm not saying it. But what I'm saying is just take a breath and go, could I be a little bit more like my dog today? Yes. <laughs> and just have, like not hold everything to account, not, you know, yeah. just let it go, let it go. So that's number one. Yeah. And we are scorekeepers, aren't we? I mean, we just really are. We are scorekeepers and we are quick to keep adding it to our list. You know, mm -hmm. I can keep tucking those things away and tucking them away and then I'll explode. And, and, you know, I can go back 10 years. Right. And so, <laughs> yeah. so what you're talking about is no, 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 no. We're not tucking those away. Uh, and really what we have to do is we have to forgive we have to forgive, we have to give grace, and then we have to um, turn around and love like God loves. I mean, not just like your dog loves, but like God. Exactly. I love he, it. He puts just that purity sometimes into our animals that gives us a, a glimpse of how he loves so lavishly. So, yes. Oh, well, I love that. Two, I don't know if anybody's going to like this one. Uh <laughs> Celebrate dirty laundry and under other mundane chores. And this is really more about thankfulness and perspective. Oftentimes when my husband and I are talking about challenges and you're traveling and maybe you don't have the best accommodation, we're going first world problem. Right. But I, you know, I wrote another blog years ago uh, in, in this journey to learn little things. And it was thankful for dirty laundry was the name of the blog during Thanksgiving, because I was realizing all those things, those chores that are so repetitive and mundane, you make your bed. And then of course, you know, you have to make it the next day and the laundry and the dishes and everything. But it's like, it is evidence of this beautiful problem. No, yes. these beautiful blessings of abundance. I have all these clothes to wash. I don't have to wear the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, food to eat every day. And it's so easy to take things for granted. And I just thought if I could just look at some of my mundane tasks and while I'm doing them, remember to have this heart of gratitude for things I so take for granted. And I, I, I still take a lot of things for granted because I've been blessed to have, you know, been born into America. And even, even as crazy as things have been these last couple of years, still compared to so much of the world, um, you know, I have never, I've never probably missed a meal because there was not, not enough food around. Right. Ever. Right. Ever. And yep. I just want, I want to cultivate that more in the years ahead and teach it to my grandkids and, and just remind, you know, let's just be thankful for some of these these Monday things that are should be reminders and can be reminders of the many blessings we have. Right. I think sometimes it's like we have a magnifying glass on what we don't have and we miss what we do have. And such a good reminder. Thank you. Celebrate mm -hmm. dirty laundry. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three, this is the one um, I had to really work on this year. Embrace each milestone birthday with expectation of a child. So uh, with hope and with, um, yeah, just to be excited about what's next, Lord. As long as we have breath, as long as we have a, a mind that can think. Yes. There's something to be hopeful for. Even when our bodies are degenerating, even when certain things um, are diminishing, God still has us here for a purpose. You know, there is still yes. purpose in every day. And I, don't get me wrong. Um, I'm pretty youthful for my age and I'm 
strong. And, uh, but you still, again, that sobering reality of I'm looking at some numbers in my blood work. I'm looking at, you know, so I, I fell in an empty pool this year and broke my leg. Well, that set me back more than if I'd done it 20 years ago. But I will say, uh, by the way, I'm bottom of the pool. Uh, before I got, got myself out of that crazy mess, um, I did have this thought, oh, Lord, what are you going to do with this? You're going to do something pretty incredible with this. It's the same thing with our birthdays. We get so hung up on numbers. uh, And when I say milestone, it could be anything, anything that you're not looking forward to aging just in general. Right. And yet to say, Lord, give me a heart and a mind of hope and expectation Mm -hmm. for every season I'm in. Yeah. And I'm you in my season of recovery from a very 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 severe break with a, you know ended up with an eight inch titanium plate as an example you know what lesson the lord taught me jill what? you know my husband has been injured i know so he was injured playing rugby at 60 years old a spinal injury so he walks with crutches and he can't feel anything from his knees down well guess what dana and lou are running around the house with dueling walkers <laughs> walking five times faster. I mean, we can go out and go for a three mile walk now, but I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't bear weight and walk for months. And the Lord really showed me how resilient my husband is and how, what a great attitude he's had in this injury the whole time and what it felt like to be, I'd never been so debilitated for, you know, more than a day or something like that in my life. Um, all these things that when we have hope and expectation, I was like, Lord, thank you for this lesson. I don't know that I would have learned any other way. Yeah. And it sounds like it really actually increased your compassion too. Yes. Yes. And my patience for myself. (laughs) (laughs) But again, I think, you know, all of this, all of these things I wish I'd learned, they're internal. They're they're how we choose to perceive God and the world and our place in the world and our place in relationships. And if, you know, he leaves it up to us to choose our perspective, to choose yes. our focus, to be get glass half full or glass half empty. And um, I just, I feel I'm just learning it better now. I wish I was, maybe it's my lack of maturity till I grew up and became 70. And the bigger <laughs> big girl with big girl behavior. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that though. Embrace each milestone birthday with the expectation of a child. And you know, so much of age, I mean, I think our culture just focuses on age and poo-poo's the aging process and what happens there. But if we can flip that script in our mind and we can look at it, I was thinking today, I don't remember. I was, I guess I was getting my makeup on for the day or some, Oh, I know what it was. I I needed something under the sink and I grabbed for um, something under the sink. And I found that I had some old um, toner for where I used to uh, uh, color my hair. And I haven't colored my hair in probably two years. And um, I'm just letting myself naturally gray. And so for me, it is, it, it is beautifully highlighted. It is. And, and I, I actually pulled them out and I just tossed them, you know, I just took them around to the, to trash can and just tossed them in there. And I was like, I love the freedom of just being comfortable with who I am that, 
you know, for me has happened in my late fifties. And so, uh, I think that, you know, we, we really need to do that more, um, because culturally, uh, we, we kind of, you know, operate as if aging is a bad thing. Exactly. I wish, you know, so many countries, especially Asian countries have such high regard and respect for their elderly. Yes. I don't know. They they call them elderly, just their senior. You know, the the older generation, it's all about their wisdom. And um, actually, I've been hearing beautiful stories. I'm leading a women's group here in, in San Antonio. And we were tell, sharing testimonies of, of our faith and our growth. And I can't tell you out of maybe 10, 11 women, I think six of them talked about their grandmothers making the biggest impact in their lives. Wow. You know? And I just, I, I love, of course, being a grandmother and being 70, I was like, this is beautiful, but it is beautiful. And, you know, it doesn't matter if whatever you decide to do on the outside, okay, whatever. But the truth is, you know, we're not getting younger. We're going to have wrinkles. I have arthritis in my hands. There's things that we just can't change. And just to embrace it and go, this is evidence of the blessing. God, let me live this long, you know? Yes. And, and we don't have to hide it all. We Mm-mm. can, you know, and again, I have hairdresser daughters and I've, I've threatened to go gray several times. They're like, no, mom, you wouldn't look good gray. And I'm like, well, then you got to keep on doing it. Cause I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, yes. I think, I think um, being is needs to be embraced with um, it's not just aging gracefully. It's just really finishing strong and being proud of, you know, what we've, what we've learned. And hopefully not just because we're older doesn't mean we've learned the lesson as I'm a good, good uh, uh, example of in some areas of my life, but sure. it's never too late. It's it's, never too it isn't. Long. You're exactly right. And, you know, I would say for me, I've been, I've really watched my mother live this out. Uh, you know, mm. my father passed away three years ago. My mom was 81 when he passed mm. away. And, um, she really has created a new life for herself. Uh, she has found, you know, she has some many of the same friends, but she has some new friends. She moved into a new neighborhood, a place that, uh, you know, had a, a place that was a, a good size for her. And do you know what she did at 84? She went to the Holy Land at oh, 84. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. You know, it just inspires me that I think a lot of people would think I'm too old for that or yes. I could never do that. And it's like, no, you know, you 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 do not have to limit yourself. Certainly there are limitations that might be because of health or or things like that. But, you know, she's healthy and she was able to do that. So yeah. just just a good reminder. I love it. Well, speaking of aging, at a point, we're all going to leave this earth, right? So here's my number four. And I'm actually, I'm actively working on this. Spend more time learning about heaven than our next vacation destination. Mm. We, You know, I love, especially my favorite place in the world, in this world is Italy. I love everything Italian, all that. And it's so fun when you're planning a trip, you know, going somewhere new to Google and look at pictures and find restaurants and all that. But... We're spending eternity in heaven. And I think um, as the older we get, I think the more we do think about our our impending death, whenever that is, it could be decades, it could be for any of us, whatever age we are, it could be tomorrow. You know, how's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? But we, 
I, I don't think we dwell on the magnificence of heaven and what we can know about it. There's a book by Randy Alcorn called Heaven. It's a big old hard book, um, but it's a really cool kind of Q&A format. And he talks about simple things like, could we expect to have pets in heaven? Mm-hmm. Uh, will we, what kind of food will we eat? Will we be vegetarian? He talks about all sorts of stuff that people ask. And he explains why he believes certain things are, sometimes things are absolutely out of scripture. And some are, he extrapolates and says, this is why I think this is very possible. Mm-hmm. But it's starts to get better as you lit, if you read about the new heaven and the new earth and what we'll be doing and the experiences we'll have and the you know, it's not like, I think people think, well, you know, it's forever and we're going to be floating on a cloud. It's going to be maybe a little boring. I don't know. You know, I actually, I don't know what most people's concept of heaven is because mm-hmm. how much do we talk about it? Right. But I know with all my heart, when we get there, we're going to be like, gee, I wish I'd come sooner. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, we don't want to leave people behind. And then once people leave, as you know, with your father, I lost my mother um, mm-hmm. about five or six years ago we miss them desperately, the side of heaven. But I think for those who depart, they're like so content and so happy. And so so all that to say, um, I think it's a worthy endeavor to spend a little time um, periodically just really pondering it, asking the Lord to reveal it to you, reading what the word says about it. And then some scholars like Randy Elkhorn, because I think they can extrapolate very logically and biblically mm-hmm. some things that can help us get more and more excited for that final destination. Yes, we are created for eternity. And yes. so uh, you're right. And we do spend a lot of time thinking about our vacation destinations and not our eternity destination. Yeah. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, number five is, and we kind of talked about this a little bit with aging, dwell on who God says you are more and block out the cultural chatter. So this comes to our identity, not just, and I don't mean just our physical by any means, but women, we are very influenced. And um, I think God created within us a desire for beauty. He created creation is so beautiful. And and yet we it gets so skewed. The enemy yeah. skews it culture skews it. And then I think also, I do think as women, when it comes to the external part of us is we measure our value way too much on that. And, you know, I really believe God calls us all beautiful and he wants us to see ourselves as precious and beautiful inside and out and all the qualities that he wants to cultivate in us. He wants us to really see that not in a, I always call it, it's not about self-confidence, it's about Christ's confidence to go, all this good stuff is because it's a gift. And yet it gives me confidence, Christ's confidence, because he gave it to me and he, he calls me beautiful. And so it doesn't matter what the world is saying. And I don't have to fit into all these molds, but I think it takes a super conscious effort. The older I've gotten, the less I've cared. Um, and I mean, mm-hmm. I put on makeup and I color my hair and I love clothes. I love fashion mm-hmm. and all that, but it's less and less, but I live in workout clothes because that's my lifestyle, you know, but right. I just, I feel like um, we just need to sit with the father, sit with Jesus and and just say, tell me who I am, God. Yes. Tell me who I am. You know? Yes. Because even in the Christian community, you know, we're authors and speakers and we 
connect with others. And it, I think the enemy is always wanting us to compare and contrast. And uh, we have to work hard at not doing that, to celebrate each other's strengths, celebrate each other's attributes that are all so different and so unique because God is, has created us so beautifully and uniquely. So, um, you know, that's kind of a given. We talk about it and, and say our identities in Christ, but when we feel that angst or that jealousy or that envy, eh, maybe we need to let go of a few more things. <laughs> yeah. It's because those are like red flags that mm-hmm. maybe our identity actually is in something right. else. Right. And right. so, right. Yeah. Or it's, you know, it's vacillate. I think we oh, totally back and forth a little bit. Um, Seven is also a given, um, or we'll call this number six, actually. And that is just spending more and more and more and more time with Jesus. I will say, I know you a little bit, Jill. I think you're type A like me. Mm -hmm. We're doers. Um, And I had a tendency so many years. I mean, I love God and I, I spent time in the word, but I was a little bit more production oriented than just just soaking in his presence and just really that focusing in in on that intimacy. Um, I was often busy working on a message for a women's retreat or, you know, studying this or studying that. And yeah, I have my little prayer list, but I've really the last couple of years embraced and learned to sit, sit quietly and really uh, try to hear the voice of God, not the audible voice. I'm not, you know, I'm not um, saying that he's speaking to me in audible words, but I really believe that, um, it's just like when I was, I told you number one, you know, when I felt like he told me love, like your dog love, Do, yes. you know, things come to your mind when you're sitting quietly and just going, Lord, you know, not always just my questions, but just sitting there. Sometimes I'll sit there with my journal and just say, okay, Lord, what do you have for me today? Mm-hmm. I don't want to have an agenda. I don't even want to open up a devotional. I just want to take a breath and close my eyes for a minute. And just what do you have for me? Sometimes I'll just start writing. And sometimes I'm I'm going, Lord, is that me or you? Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, he helps give us the discernment and scripture will come to mind or something, you know, uh, sometimes things that make me laugh. And I, I know it's him. And I'm like, you know what? Why did I not spend more time like this with you? It's like, we've got this best friend who adores us, knows everything about us, everything, good, bad, and ugly, loves us lavishly anyway. We can tell anything. And yet we don't just soak in that relationship. I should say we, I didn't. No, I I agree. Yeah. And so that's, and I'm still working on it because he, I, I'm sometimes Lord, you're going to have to tie me down to my chair here. I have a little quiet time chair in my office over here. And it has become a beautiful little spot for me because now I, I almost never sit in that chair unless I'm having a, a quiet time or a study time. Yes. And so when I sit there, it's like I'm home. Yes. The little corner of a room. It's just, it's just kind of a place. Not that we have to have it always, but it's helped me not be so ADD in my time with God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And you're right. I mean, I think many of us, we are human doings instead of human beings. And, uh, you know, it's, it's about the getting things done and man, so often the call for God is just to be still and, um, 
and to spend time with him. And that is hard for us. Um, you know, my husband says I'm not type A, I'm type triple A. And it's, it's, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, a semi, I'm a semi-recovered type A and, and truly very, very different over the last two decades. Definitely. Winding. I might be a B now. I might be a B. So at wow. least part of the but not that it is bad. See, God, this is how God designed us, right? We know right. personality, temperament, all that. He designed us this way. But it's that, you know, Martha, Martha, Dana, Dan, you, Dana, you are worried and bothered about so many things. Yes. But Mary chosen the best part, the good part. And it's not that we're not to do, but it's like putting things in the right order and in perspective. It's all about these choices every day um, and where to spend our precious, precious moments because time yes fleeting 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 it is well, let me give you a couple more quickies mm-hmm. um here's one jill that i'm learning and have learned and that is uh to trust god's timing and provision i like things done yesterday and mm-hmm. i i feel like so often in the journey for healing a marriage the journey mm-hmm. of healing a bone, a broken bone, the journey of, 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 you know, looking for restoration and all these things. Um, many of us, of course, we, we all desire for it to be immediate. We, we don't right. want to go through. And, and I think that's, that's so understandable, but we just learning to still have some joy in the, in the midst of the muck and the mire and to yes. have the pain. And to realize he's doing some beautiful things that just take time. Maybe maybe it's in our life. Maybe it's in the other person's life, in the situation. It, we don't always know. He allows it. And I feel like I've grown through the times I've had to wait. Or I thought, I thought we were further ahead here in this relationship or whatever. And we just took 10 steps back. And then I realized how much I learned in those 10 steps back. And yeah. so, uh, again, I'm not telling you to... Uh, enjoy it as much as rest in it. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. And to trust you and to embrace that we can, I think sometimes miss some of the really beautiful nuggets when we're trying to hurry through or just get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I recently discovered in John five, it's, there's a verse that says my father and I are always working And I think that that verse speaks to us in this particular principle that you're talking about. Sometimes we can't see the working. Sometimes we want the working to be faster, but that isn't the way it always happens. And so that the patience and trusting God's timing, his provision, the fact that he is at work, it's so important. And I think this is really important for us um, as empty nest moms too, um, especially if we see our kids making decisions as young adults and we're thinking, oh, I wish that was different or I wish uh, they would, you know, return to the faith of their childhood or whatever it is. And I have, we have to trust in John five, my father and I are always at work. Uh, a great thing to keep on the top of our minds, because uh, that's another part of what I'm learning is, um, you know, that, that whole listen more, speak less, not to always share 
my thoughts, even if I think I have these great words of wisdom, my, my younger daughter called me to account and not too long ago. She said, mom, you have a lot of wisdom, but you think you, I think you think you're always right. I was like, Hmm, I don't know that. I think I don't know that, but if, even if I'm coming across that way, but because after years of making enough mistakes to learn something, et cetera, um, I realized I, I'm given out well, here's a little this, little this, little that, and and the Lord's like, let me handle this. Uh, pray. You can pray for that wisdom to be imparted, but it doesn't always have to come from you. Yeah. Okay, Lord. Yeah, and that's part of the timing and the patience is not getting in the way. <laughs> He's right. like, we might have got there sooner without your help, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Could you move aside? So that I can do what I need to do in this person's life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's free will. It gets every time. He doesn't take it away, but boy, can it mess you up. Oh, okay. I'm going to end with this one, Jill. Okay. This, this is something I'm, I've, I've just been learning and partially in coaching, but also, of course, in my own life. Um, and I hope it makes sense. And I'll explain it a little bit to clarify I've learned to use negative emotions and thoughts as triggers to reset my mind all during the day so that I'm walking in the spirit instead of the flesh. So what I mean is I feel like um, for years, I'm like, what does this mean? Walk in the spirit. You will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. The fruit of the spirit is all these love, joy, peace, you know, all this great bounty. And, and when we're in the spirit, you know, we're, we're pleasing God and we can't sin when we're walking in the spirit. So how do you walk in the spirit all the time? And I, I feel like in my own life, I've kind of figured out finally, it's just this, this moment to moment, hour to hour decision to set, um, set my mind on things above to be not my will, but yours, God, and not my perspective, but yours, God. And it's this constant practicing the presence of God, which is impossible to do perfectly. But so for me, when I have a negative thought, negative emotions, and I don't mean all negative emotions, because there's a place for righteous indignation, there's a place for sorrow and all that. But let's just say, now, say in our life, we might have persistent frustration with ourselves, or impatience, or whatever it is, you know, where we just like, those negative emotions I believe for the most part, we're usually not walking in the spirit. It's about something just irritated me, inconvenienced. It's very me focused usually when we're having some of these. Or the negative thoughts could be old, unhealthy self-talk patterns, but they're still triggering feelings that are not truth. And so when we experience negative thought, many negative thoughts and feelings, it's like a great little like, okay. Where is my spirit right now? Am I walking in the spirit or am I walking in the flesh? Am I setting my mind on things above or am I all about me in the little center of my little universe right at this moment? And I feel like if we can learn and I'm practicing it and it's still hard, but all day long to reset when we find ourselves, whether it's just kind of being moody and feeling irritated or just Mm -hmm. not joyful, it's like, I can reset. I don't have to live in this state. I'm not saying we're going to become little Pollyannas, you know, Right. and everything's falling apart around us. We're going, Oh, look at how beautiful this is. (laughs) We're going to be in reality. But uh, 
I'm all about these little triggers to help us make a better choice, make a better, you know, turn things around in the moment versus get through a whole day and just like, oh, such a hard day. And it was so exhausting. And I'm so angry with so-and-so. All that stuff that that's so commonplace, I think, in our lives. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that because... You know, I would say I've been learning that lesson as well, Dana, the power of our thoughts, the power of our thinking, the power of our perspective, and that we more often than not need to flip the script. Like we need mm-hmm. to flip what how we're thinking about it or uh, even sometimes I'll ask, I'll say to myself, and what would God say to that thought? Or Lord, what do you have to say about that thought? You know, I'll just turn it right into a prayer. And it's like, oftentimes it's, you know, it's, it's like, you know what, Jill, your judgment's raising up or your pride is raising up. Or could you think of that through the eyes of compassion instead of the eyes of criticism? I mean, just so many ways that we can reset our mind. All day long, every day, all day long, every day. But just using little triggers, saying this is going to, you know, when I'm experiencing a negative emotion, I'm going to train to make a new habit. And just what you said, Jill, just ask God, what do you say about this right now? You know, there's a a little book, I'm sure you've heard of it, um, called Practicing the Presence of God. It was written about the life of, um, um, ah, just went blank. It's a monk. It doesn't matter. But anyway, (laughs) he made it his life's goal to practice the presence of God every waking hour of every day. And in the first, Brother Lawrence, in the first four years, he was so frustrated with himself because he'd get partway through the day. And it wasn't like he's a monk that's just meditating all day long. He was in charge of the entire kitchen, buying all the food, making all the food, et cetera. So he is a very busy, he's like a, you know, like a a mom with 20 kids. Uh, And so he would just get frustrated with himself thinking, I just went three hours. I didn't even think about God. And he said it was the hardest thing for those four years to be practicing the presence of God mindfully every single waking moment. And then, but he persisted, he persisted, he persisted. He said, after four years, it was the hardest thing not to. Mm. That practice made permanent. Mm -hmm. So mindful and that's my heart's desire as I look at this decade ahead. I'm like, God, from 70 to 80, I want to be so much more mindful of you every single moment. Not just when I'm talking about you, but in right. the midst of it's just this, this loving Jesus constantly with me. Like, did you see that? You know, just like if you and I were on vacation together or having spending three days together and we're just experiencing everything together. Right. And that's my one of my big goals for my my eighth decade. Oh, I love that. I think that needs to be a goal for all of us, no matter what decade we're in. But wow, thank you so much for sharing all of that wisdom. That is like a major download <laughs> and well, so helpful. Still working on it. Still working right. on it. Right. And we will be, we are going to be a work in progress till the day we die, right? It's the way that it's designed that we're constantly growing and becoming more like Christ every day. And wow, so very, very important. So I, 
I am just so appreciative of you taking the time to share this. Uh, Dana, tell tell people where they can find you online and okay. uh, find uh, give give people just a brief overview of what you do uh, online and where people can find you. Okay. Um, my main website is called leanhealthyageless.com. So we've been talking about all this aging stuff. Uh, and, and really the main reason for that name is really serving women at all ages, but especially mature women to have your healthiest body and life, body, soul, and spirit. And so um, we have a book called the Eat, Live, Thrive Diet. And there is also a website, same name, eatlifthrivediet.com, where we have lots of resources. As you know, Jill, I've, I've spoken on many topics and I love to speak on many topics, but God has brought me back again and again to really encourage women in their health and wellness. And so I uh, spend a lot of time coaching women. We have something called the Eat, Live, Thrive Academy with members, and we do uh, live Zoom coaching and all sorts of support and connection with women of all ages, but especially 45 plus. Um, and so there's lots of resources. There's free resources on the website and on eatlivethrivediet.com. So I welcome people just come visit and find some good stuff and hopefully some encouragement there. Oh, I love that. We'll make sure and put all of that in the show notes. Um, so uh, if you want to check that out, uh, you can check out the show notes and, and get the links there. And uh, Dana, I'd love for you to come back and let's uh, you and I talk about health and wellness and particularly in that second half of life for women. Uh, would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. Anytime, Jill. Fabulous. Well, uh, would you be willing to pray for our listeners and uh, as we bring close to this? I would love to. Heavenly Father, we praise you. Thank you for life. Thank you for the life of each woman or a man and men listening mm -hmm. to this podcast. Lord, uh, you you have already determined the number of our days and you are just aware of everything going on in our lives. And God, I pray blessings over this community. I pray that we would um, really learn to number our days and that we might have a heart of wisdom. I pray for each woman, no matter what season she's in, that she would um, pursue it with great hope and expectation because our hope is in you, God, and you have designed us for a purpose. And I pray that we can realize that and bring you glory in our lives. Mm -hmm. So I pray major blessings on these women that um, even a little nugget may just stick the one that you want them to apply to their lives and will give you the glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.